So a couple of weeks ago, I saw this cartoon, and Jesus is sitting with his head in his hands. Well, a man was sitting next to him and said, you want me to follow you? So do you mean Facebook? And Jesus replies, I mean, literally, I literally want you to follow me. And the young man replies, so Twitter, you want me to follow you on Twitter? So Matthew, or Levi, as he's known in other gospel accounts, doesn't seem to be confused by what Jesus was asking of him. He didn't ask for clarification, didn't ask Jesus to repeat his question, Jesus called out to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew left the tax collector's booth and followed Jesus. It's the same thing that he said to the fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, follow me. And they immediately went and followed. So if it had been me, I would have been like that young man in the cartoon. Wait, what? What does this mean? When do you need me to make a decision? What are the expectations? What's the job description? What's the time involvement? But Matthew simply got up, left his old life behind, never looked back, and followed. Matthew was a tax collector, a collaborator with the Roman authorities, collecting taxes from his fellow citizens that they could not afford, all to support imperial Rome, the occupiers, the harsh overseers of day-to-day life in Israel. So as a tax collector, Matthew was an outcast from his fellow citizens, a pariah in his own community. The Gospel of Matthew tells us in earlier verses that Jesus is heading home. He's heading home to the town of Capernaum. And along the way, Jesus sees Matthew calling out to him, follow me. The moment that invitation is given, Jesus radically upended the existing social and communal relationships of his day and our day simply by including the excluded. He broke down the barriers of who was in and who was out. The gospel goes on to tell us that Matthew was invited to have dinner. One writer suggests that perhaps Matthew was invited to Jesus' house. And I don't know about you, but there's something about that idea that seems so very right and so very joyful. Jesus is absolutely at home and comfortable spending time with saints and sinners and outcasts, and those on the margins. There's Jesus, welcoming people into his home, tax collectors and sinners, 
other disciples and the local community leaders, the Pharisees, all being asked to sit at the table together and share the bread and the wine. So can't you just picture this dinner party? Everyone sitting there, each trying not to notice the other person, each one of them thinking, I am so not sure I belong here. The tax collectors and the sinners, absolutely sure they didn't belong because they were social outcasts. They were unclean, unwanted. The disciples probably were still wondering and worrying a bit about Jesus and his indiscriminate acceptance of anyone and everyone. And the community leaders and the Pharisees, well, they were just trying not to notice anyone, just keeping their eye on their plate. And then there was Jesus, pouring more wine, sharing the bread, laughing and talking to everyone and anyone, all welcome, all loved. When Jesus is called out by the local leaders for his choice of dinner companions, he replied, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus was telling them, and he was telling us, that mercy takes precedence over how things are, over the status quo, or how things have always been done. Mercy takes precedence over rituals and rules, over unjust laws, or any practice that seeks to exclude others. The Hebrew word hesed can be translated to the word mercy. It also can be translated into the words loving kindness. And I thought about this gospel lesson, Jesus and his dinner companion for everyone and anyone, a meal that lived out his message of mercy and loving kindness. That message really resonated with me this week while I watched a documentary on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And if you have not seen the documentary, I highly recommend it. I will confess that I cried through most of it. And what I told my husband afterwards, that it it wasn't any particular story or event in the documentary that made me cry. It was simply the loving kindness that was shown by Fred Rogers to all who came into his life, into his neighborhood, his gentle reminder that everyone is special just as they are and deserve to be loved just as they are. A child of God created in the image of God. We forget, I know I forget, that there is so much loving kindness in the, this world Fred Rogers was a visible and accessible symbol of that kindness. We just sometimes cease to notice that there are many who are equally as kind 
as Fred Rogers was. Loving kindness is quiet and just happens every day. Ordinary people reaching out a hand or a word to each other, everyone included, no one excluded. We sometimes just don't notice those quiet moments with all of the noise from the ugliness and incivility that we are seeing in our society every single day. Jesus said, follow me. Come and join me at the table. Share the bread and the wine. All are welcome. A place where mercy and loving kindness abounds to everyone and anyone, everyone included, no one excluded, everyone loved just for who they are, a beloved child of God. So when I think of this dinner party of saints and sinners, I have to admit, I wonder where I stand in this. How do I fit on this guest list? And I suspect I would probably fall more into the sinner column than saint, equally in need of mercy and loving kindness. Just as much as the tax collectors of our day, those who we, our society, would deem morally and socially unfit and not worthy of God's love and mercy. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I wonder... I wonder what is harder for us to believe. That Jesus would eat with sinners like that? Social and moral outcasts? Or that Jesus would eat with sinners like me? And you? And anyone else Jesus calls to follow him? We live in a world that tries to categorize and itemize and name who is in and who is out. So it is probably not surprising that we wonder whether Jesus could really be calling you and me to follow him. Who, me? When Jesus points his finger and calls to us, we wildly look around to see who the heck he is talking to. Follow me. Wait. What? Why me? And that's the good news in this gospel lesson, that Jesus is calling to you and to me and everyone. All are included. No one, absolutely no one, is excluded. Jesus calls to each one of us, you and me, welcoming and sharing his hospitality, the bread and the wine, regardless of who we are, regardless of what mess we have made of our lives, no matter how chaotic our lives have been, or they currently are. Jesus doesn't judge or condemn us. Instead, he invites us in to share a meal, to share himself. And he invites you and I to share ourselves with him. 
there's, there's something so intensely human about this passage. Sharing our common humanity, each one of us created in the image of God, saints and sinners, all in one place, all welcome at the Lord's table. So on this feast day of St. Matthew, we celebrate Matthew, the tax collector, called by Jesus to be his disciple. We remember that Jesus saw Matthew on the side of the road on a hot day in Palestine and simply said, follow me. A few short lines, but a radical passage, radically inclusive, radically welcome, then and now. A message that no one is excluded from the mercy and love of God. And in a world that seems at times to have lost its capacity for mercy and loving kindness, Jesus gives us a simple command, follow me, where we, we too will join him at the table, a child of God, each and every one of us, saint and sinner alike, all are included, no one's excluded, and it's a place of hospitality, a place of welcome, where we are accepted and loved for exactly who we are. Mercy and loving kindness overflowing for you and for me, for everyone, everywhere. Amen. Amen.